0: They will be lured in with hypnotism from the gene stealer and it will give them a kiss with its ovipositor and inject them with its blessed DNA. As we said earlier, this yikes! M- mommy
1: gene stealer. <laughs> no, right. Right. no, that is not the intro. I swear to God, we're not having no. mummy, gene stealer. It's the <laughs> intro. No. You foul man! Mummy, big forehead. Someone, if someone made an image of this, I'm gonna be so upset. Like it's just people like yeah. hate it. I hate it so much. No. Uh, <laughs>
2: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Lore Crimes Today we have a very special episode for you Because we are going to talk about the worshippers of the star children That and many other names Those uh, fine folk who love to tear you apart in the Death Watch video game We are talking about the Gene Stealer cults today.
1: Yeah.
2: Before before we begin, Hal has something he'd like to uh, ask all of you.
1: Yeah, before we get into the, uh, I call them Levi Thieves uh, as a name, because it's obviously Gene Stealers, if anyone enjoys Ah, that. I know, yeah, terrible pun. Um, So if you are uh, new or you've been watching along uh, for a little while, uh, we want to try this new little cheeky thing. And we want to hear a little bit from you, the audience. And so we'd like to pose a question to you. And we'd love to absolutely hear your response. The spicier, the better. I don't know, if may, maybe not too spicy, let's be honest. Um, try not to swear, hopefully, because I think YouTube might uh, give us a big no-no. If we... Shooters uh in the head. <laughs> maybe a bit bit strong uh, there. But um, yeah, so we we love to, we want to ask you this question and we'd love to hear... Your responses. The funnier, the better. And the next uh, podcast episode, we will read the funniest ones and we'll obviously all try and behave like mature adults, like we all really are. And <laughs> of course. We'll, we'll dissect that and enjoy that. So, the question uh, we'd like you to answer is What's your hot take on your least favorite Primark? But uh, hashtag hot take in the comments if you want to uh, participate along with this tomfoolery shall we say and uh yeah we want to i mean the funnier i said earlier the funny the better and um if you win we'll give you a big shout out and you will obviously tickle all of us uh that sounded really bad didn't it (laughs) (laughs) tickle our humor uh there you go that's it saved it Uh, tickle how what we didn't agree to this (laughs) not in the contract this is not us I can hear the sirens already. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the funnier, the better. Uh, don't be afraid to go a bit crazy. Obviously, try not to swear, but uh, we'd love it if you uh, would participate in this little uh, tomfoolery. That's all. I'll just say, I'll leave it as that. <laughs> tomfoolery. Let us
2: let us know why Perturabo is the worst.
1: Oh, no, he's my favorite. Oh, Any like way of tr-
3: spelling law there. Fine.
1: Oh, okay. Controversial already. Um, mm. So... But that's not what we'll be discussing today, because today we are discussing uh, a little insidious uh, faction, shall we say, within the Warhammer space. Mm-hmm. Little little shadowy, uh, i say spooky, scary skeletons, but not quite. Um, but today...
2: Sussy su- su- backers.
1: A lot of sussy backers, no, uh, Levi sorry. thieves, <laughs> are like... The, the, the nicknames are coming out immediately off the gate. I haven't even said the damn words. There are, there, is there, is is are, there
2: are gene stealers among us. <laughs> oh my <laughs> yes. god.
1: Someone please, uh, whoever's uh, editing uh. this has to put like the, the sus among Whoa. us. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> so today we are talking about gene stealers <sighs> slash gene stealer cults, boys. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Strap yourselves in. Prepare for some, not quite heresy, but um, some shenanigans, uh, some Xenos love today, and let's get straight into it. So, uh, if anyone here is new or is not quite familiar with gene sealers in Warhammer, I'll give a little bit of a brief kind of description of what gene sealers are. So, gene sealers are a kind of cultist, Xenos slash kind of human, human like hybrid race that infect. So many of the worlds in the uh, 41st millennium, unfortunately. Filthy Nothing...
3: mutants. Filthy mutants. Absolutely scum. filthy.
1: Ugh. Definitely scum. Um, And they are kind of these weird, like, chitterness, uh, multi-limbed, bulbous head creatures. They have a lot of human characteristics. I wouldn't say they look... They definitely don't look human, but they're kind of recognisable. And they are very much intimidating. A lot of them are quite... quite a few of them had like purpley kind of sickly skin and a big point as i said just a second ago is the multi-limbed part i put a big point here to mention that uh sorry i need to stress this a lot that all of their hairlines are socially distancing um because none of (laughs) them have hair so as uh as bald all of them are bald um as the thing
3: is i was Go. I was thinking a while back, you know, like the first Pokemon game, there's that bit where Bill goes into like a thing and he gets turned into like a Pokemon mix. I was like, imagine him and an Ekans. That's basically a Gene Stealer. There you go. That's
1: actually quite a good oh, idea. Ian. When you said Pokemon, I thought you were going to mention the part where like, who's the guy who sends Ash on the quests? Who like... Professor people... Oak? Yeah, yeah, Professor Oak. But People make the joke that he just sends him away so he can be with his mum. <laughs> like... <laughs>
2: no, Ash's mom is with Mr.
1: Mime. Oh, my Lord. Okay, <laughs> we're not going there. Uh, but see, they, they are all continuing the trend in Warhammer. All evil characters are bald. <laughs> so therefore, all gene Sealers are pretty, uh, I wouldn't pretty say evil, good. are pretty good to a certain perspective. But we'll uh, we'll get more into that in a little bit here. And so if you are kind of a little bit new, or maybe you've not really dabbled too much in Warhammer, I thought it might be cool to learn that... Uh, Genie Sealers themselves are actually inspired by HP Lovecraft. I finally get to talk about it. My favourite thing. The thing king that... in yellow comes. <laughs> he does. And uh <laughs> I am super happy we get to talk about this, because not often we get to talk about the uh the creepiness of Lovecraft uh work in Warhammer. But they kind of Genie Sealers themselves are inspired by the story of the shadows over Innsmouth, and they're kind of a play on what was the deep ones the kind of these underground fishy people that looked very uh human they're kind of gross whoever's doing the edit on this will see a picture and they would be like "Ugh!" and <laughs> they're not gonna enjoy that and the geniuses are kind of um inspired by that so if you do know lovecraftian horror or any of that work it's definitely like oh oh this is gonna sound a lot or oh, so this, sorry, this is sorry it's gonna sound very familiar to you as we sort of get into the nitty gritty. So we're going to talk about Genesteels now with the good old, the beginning, the absolute, I would say Chad, but I've nicknamed him uh, Senator Armstrong slash Edward Scissor Teeth uh, as a nickname for the, this is the pure gene stealer. So this is the Xenos uh, race in Warhammer. And this is the origin. And this is the guy who basically starts starts it all so this xenos is like as i mentioned earlier it's like a multi-limbed kind of chitinous, bulbous head like weird I, to be honest guys do you think they're ugly i think they're kind of ugly in my well, opinion uh, yeah.
0: i might have to talk to the local magus about what you've been saying lately uh, You, uh, you just don't fit very well into the congregation uh, my apologies uh, my apologies
1: <laughs> all of them are in beautiful the,
2: in the interest of not demonetizing the channel i won't go into what i find attractive <laughs>
3: oh lord oh lord i know they're very ambidextrous that's all i know
1: we'll leave it at that imagination is more mommy magus mommy magus
4: uh
1: what is what is monetization um (laughs) so the gene stealer itself is a kind of infiltratey creepy multi-limb xenos and this is like it definitely is uh I'm trying to think of like the primogenitor that this is the whole, this is the one that gets the ball rolling. So a gene sealer will infiltrate and I put quotes, infect a victim. Um, It's implied that they kind of do, it's not um, uh, anything racy, shall we say, but there's like an infection of a, typically a human victim. And this will sort of start to spread the uh, genes and this sort of, original gene stealer becomes the patriarch um you know he becomes like a beacon for a certain i guess hive mind shall we say and he becomes the origin of the gene stealer cult within whatever little area it's infesting these ones actually often at times when they've kind of done their little thing they you know they've had a you know they've, they've had their go they've had like their cigarette and they're like well oh, i'm having a bit of rest now um <laughs> so they they actually get like a bit monstrously obese and they become even more psychically powerful and they kind of Ew. sit in the dark spaces. They're kind of a bit scary, but that's when we move on to what is, uh, the next generation of the sealer cult. So this is, uh, forgive the names by the way, cause I'm going to mess up every name because they all got, uh, awful, uh, naming. Cause I, I don't know how to pronounce them, but it's called a Contagi with two eyes at the end. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Contagia? Contagi. That's that con- makes a lot more sense. um con- uh, I'm that, trying
2: to remember back to like Rome Total War where they'd
1: scream like Triorii. Maybe it's like <laughs> Contagia. <Tri-ori-ori-ori-i. laughs> I'm not sure that was the inspiration, but it makes sense to be fair. Um, so this is the the gene sealers come in and this is the person that's been infected by the gene sealer. And I put in brackets so people can remember if you're new. This is the Austin Powers um, of the Gene Stealers. Because this one is, it's Horny Baby. and (laughs) Yes, I actually made that joke. Yep. This is the, usually like a regular human, and they've just been infected. And they essentially want to go and procreate, shall we say. So this is the person who's like, wow. So this is the Austin Powers generation. Um,
2: Macadababi. (laughs)
1: pretty pretty much yes Um, the next generation of a gene sealer cult is called the oh my god um, the maligenasi or maligenasi, I think it's like maligenasi or something like that, it's very again, words Mm. hard, and this is the first uh, generation that's born to the previous one the contagia, the first infected victim, and uh, this one is just a beast of a thing it is an ugly just it is yeah we said a bulbous head earlier this thing is like oh it's like could ram a brick wall down like it's it's pretty big um it's you can also i getting bullied at school
3: All right, right, rhino head like what did you call me
1: uh-huh. my uh my naming for this stage i call it patrick from spongebob uh because <laughs> <laughs> as i imagine they sound uh yeah, they're not very intelligent and um i put a little uh kind of a little quip here, like a little thought I had, which was they're only useful for synchronized grinning <laughs> because that's how stupid they are. <laughs> you <laughs> know? Just going in on them. <laughs> if anyone was thinking, think, want poor to think, let that, let that, um, let that, you know, sort of mix with you guys. A little bit. <laughs> Synchronized who'd grinning. A
3: spelling. Who'd win in a spelling bee, them or the Ogrens?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. Probably them, oh, but they wouldn't, they can't, actually no, they can't really speak these ones, so probably the Ogrins, but they wouldn't, they, they win oh. by just of the attempt. Uh, so they, they're they pretty oh, much like the... They're like the foot soldiers, yeah, essentially. And the next days we get in the Gene sealer cults are the slight... This is like the generation born to, like, enormous hulking beasts. And these are the more slightly human-looking ones. They're called the hybrid generation. A lot of these have, like, multi-limbs still. They can actually speak, which is obviously scary. And they're pretty much a very... Like, when you look at it, you'd be like, that is clearly not human. But again, it, like, looks slightly human. It's like Lovecraftian inspiration there. Like, things that look slightly human uh, often appear more scary. I a bit nick- uncanny. Bit, a bit uncanny valley sort of thing. Uh, I nicknamed this one the Sasha Baron Cohen, because that guy could inhabit any role. And uh, I thought, I was thinking of, like, Borat, Bruno. I'm not saying that the Gene are like Bruno, if anyone's seen that film. Um, <laughs> that's a bit, a bit, uh, a bit overstimulating, uh, shall we say, but they are essentially, yeah, they're pretty, they're, they, they're in between what a original Genie Stealer multi lined one is, and, you know, a bit more human. And this is when we get to the next stage, which is the true hybrid. So this is the one where this is the first time they can actually blend into human society. They are, again, it looks like slightly off uh, it looks a little bit off the person looks a little chunk So we say it's like a little bit chunk
2: in the uncanny valley kind of feel
1: very pretty much yeah this one you you'd have to, have to like a you'd have a double take if you know what i mean uh i yeah, nicked like uh emperor
3: what's his name um, grand moff tarkin in rogue one you're like watching it like that's not peter cushing there's
1: something off i don't know there's something mm, doesn't quite work a little bit like that a little bit like that yeah uh i nicknamed this uh sort of group the a uh, Modern Warfare 2 lobby um, back in the day, because, because they are like slightly, um, they are human, obviously, but you can tell something slightly off. So I thought that might be the, uh, <laughs> if it, does anyone have any controversial opinion about that? I think they might be okay there. And um, I think the uh, sorry, the last generation we get here to is called the Primacy, which is, this is the one which is, it's, literally could be human this is the very much oh this is the person who will infiltrate higher ends of society and if you're say like a typical old human like us unfortunately um uh you will probably encounter or this is the one that will be that the face of a gene stealer cult Uh, nicknamed this group the elon musk simps um, because I figured like they're pretty much 99% human, but they've got a little bit of a weird behavior. So, um, so I thought that that might be the, uh, sort of tick, if you know what I mean. So we have, a uh, you know, Senator Armstrong's to the Austin Powers to Patrick from SpongeBob, Sasha Baron Cohen, Modern Warfare 2 lobby, and then Elon Musk simps. If everyone's following along. Okay. Well,
2: well, it's Finally. a good thing. We don't have a Twitter account for this channel.
1: Very <laughs> <laughs> much so. But I thought people might, in. Uh, enjoy that because it says that there are sealers are a nice like kind of undercut they're like can be scary but also a little bit funny so you know i thought it's nice to have a little bit of humor in warhammer eventually and we get to funny enough the most human looking gene sealer will then produce the puree, which is actually a original gene sealer at the end of it so they pure essentially ray. it's spelled p u r double i again was i think it's not like a pure ray, like pure a p Rai? Puree, not like a pea puree, puree you have with your gene
3: like, hey, stealer puree <laughs> <laughs> goes great <puree>. with pizza. What?
1: <laughs> not like uh, something you have with your, you know, mushy peas or anything like that with a uh, fish and chips. Yeah. Get get <laughs> your uh, cultural reference in now. <laughs> Two of you guys have no idea what I'm on about, and it's perfect. And yeah,
2: I like fries, fries.
1: It's chips, man. <laughs> it's just straight up chips, straight up French fries. Love fries, love me puree. <laughs> Susan made dinner. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, <yeah. laughs> she, oh, man. And, uh, yeah, so they kind of... Basically, the cycle begins again, and everyone is like, oh, you know, oh, no. The, the gene sealer has returned, and all the new generations will spawn from that one.
3: You've, now you've said it like that, I'm just thinking about and John's going, it's the circle of genes. <laughs> just like the...
1: Disgusting way that they were that, that doesn't that hits wrong, <laughs> that hits really wrong. Mm. Oh my god. Um, so for genius, Killer, cults themselves in Warhammer, where you'll typically find these disgusting, sorry, excuse me, enlightened places, Eli, excuse me for being so uh, so misguided. Enlightened places, um, a lot of these are like found in like hive cities, space hulks, a lot of the time they're kind of hidden in. I think I put it like the very, like, the downtrodden areas of the Imperium. Obviously, the Imperium, a million worlds, obviously a lot of places for sealers to hide, and they often will put themselves in places where the Imperium will say, security's light, shall we say. They're, you know, security's diet, diet security there, because um, it's just not something they want out in the open <laughs> yet. And a sealer cult itself will... Often, as I said just a second ago, they'll be underground. They're kind of, as most cults things do, they're kind of hoping to infiltrate and spread. So they'll start from very underground. You know, there won't be, they won't be open at all. They'll be recruiting. Oh, sorry. i when I say recruiting, I mean uh, spreading the genes. See the genes. Um, <laughs> so they'll be spreading the genes, and it will kind of lead spreading into spreading their genes like margarine. Very much so, and they'll eventually lead into a, sort of a open rebellion and war. And this is a big, bad no no for the Imperium in Warhammer. They're not having it. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. I, it's not good. They're not happy with that part. All, or, or, or the parts before that, to be fair, but that's like the big kind of thing. Like when a Sealer Cult uh, essentially unleashes itself, and the kind of first time that Genestealers in Warhammer were found was uh, an event called. Gossar Quintus, called the First Contact. So this was uh, a mining colony, and this is sort of where the um, I think Colin might have mentioned this, even just before we started, uh, but it's where the Ordos, I think it's the Xenos, um, who's the Space Marines who fight Xenos in particular? Death, 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 Death Watch. Watch. So, excuse me, Death, Death Watch. Watch. Yeah, Law crime there. <laughs> so the Death Watch, they first encounter gene sealers there and the Imperium was just not happy after that it was not a good time and just a, a few little spicy names of some of the cults because they're quite well organized um for unfortunately for humans and a lot of them have like kind of uh a lot of them have like really cool names i'm actually quite uh a big fan of them some ones like some of the more famous ones are, like bladed oh, sorry, bladed cog hive cult inner worm pauper princes actually, i like that one probably my favorite Rusted Claw, not a fan of that one because it makes it sound a bit dodgy. <laughs> uh, Twisted Helix, Cult of the Four-Armed Emperor, Cult of the Second Son, The Brotherhood, and the Sons of Yormangander, which actually, to be fair, that's the most, like, but that, that one slaps hard. That name goes hard. Sons of y- y- Gander or something like that with a yeah, yeah. proper accent. Norse be mythology, yeah. That one, that one hits hard. I like that one. And uh, sort of the unique powers of the genie seals because they are they are obviously not a carbon copy of anything, shall we say? <laughs> we'll get to uh, spoilers later, but they they do have like some unique powers within their race. So they uh, a lot of it's like focused around manipulation, influencing a lot of the all of the cult members, even ones which was the infected one, the Contagi, we said earlier. Even they they all have this kind of link to each other. They feel like a psychic pull. And so they all follow a kind of greater consciousness that is projected out, uh, or should I say, beaconed from their uh, patriarch, as we mentioned earlier. But we'll go into more of that later. And particularly if you're playing on the tabletop or you'll see like the little models, the really cool part of them is their technology, which is essentially Mad Max. <laughs> if everyone, I think everyone might agree with that. It's essentially a cop- uh, copy of Mad Max there. And uh, so it's all like kind of, uh, salvage material, it's all a bit uh, run-of-the-mill, they kind of all found it. They often uh, use actual Imperial arms, so things like LAS guns and things like weapons like that. Or like, There's a cool model... Oh, uh, Sorry, my voice went there. There's a cool model with like, um, a buzzsaw, I think, as well, which is actually quite uh, grim dark. because I don't think he uses it uh, only for war. Um, <laughs> but Texas he,
2: Chainsaw Massacre.
1: <laughs> yes, it's pretty... They're pretty, like, gnarly, I'd say. Um, they have, like, a lot of sabotaging equipment, too. And the kind of... Uh, so if you were to, like, encounter a genius Sealer cult, which obviously won't happen, you know, you know anywhere for in the real world, but um, they're kind of big thing. Like, if they were encountered by humans, you see their worship. And their whole shtick is that like, they worship, like, a doomsday event. Like, every one of them, or the various names I mentioned earlier, they're all kind of hoping for i guess a rapturous event and they all worship this multi-limbed four-armed emperor character which is kind of creepy uh actually more than kind of it is very creepy and it's um oh, sorry sorry not creepy sorry eli excuse me it's um the perfect representation of the emperor mm. in <laughs> i have to remember this excuse me it's my my uh my heresy there and this kind of rapturous event, this day of ascension is what they're all building towards. Their patriarch will tell them they'll all rise up when this day comes and all the cult will be singing their praise. And it's essentially when that day arrives, that will be the end of the cult. But we won't spoil that just yet. But does anyone have any uh, questions or quips about Genie sealers so far? Does everyone okay with the nicknames I used?
2: Oh, I was I was gonna say I thought when you brought up the like the first one that like they're like fat and good at grinning. I couldn't <laughs> synchronized I, grinning, I, I, only use yeah, for like, synchronized like, grinning. You said that and I thought, I don't know why, I thought of Janemba from that Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like the first one where he's big, fat and yellow and stupid. <laughs> I couldn't That's help genius.
1: Think of that. That's a uh, oh man hello that <laughs> they, they um Ugh. that's that's the only kind of quip about them is that they just they're not um the smartest essentially but they are they they they're chunk though they're pretty dumb and chunk so
2: is that is that the rapturous awakening when Gogeta comes and beats the hell out of them
1: <laughs> <laughs> if only I could unlock Ultra Instinct for that moment oh this is just not happening mm. um so yes yeah, anyone else have any other questions or little um, comments
3: is, is there like. Are there ways, do they have the equivalent of like operating phaetans for you to rise up if you have so much money to get into the certain hierarchy of the cult? A little Scientology joke for you there. I was about to say, I wasn't, like, I'm, I'm not sure am going to name drop that, but um, I can actually
1: confirm there is, I think I mentioned I was like cult of the four armed emperor, David Miscavige. Um, <laughs> <what was that? laughs> um, no, the Scientology, uh, obviously famous uh, one we're all familiar with, but it's that they don't really have a kind of complex system like that. It's more like a, I can feel you're powerful, you will do good, go do the thing.
2: <laughs> so there, there, there's no Gene or like Tom, Tom, Tominius crusus or something?
4: <laughs> no Tominius
1: Cruisus, no, um, oh my god, who's the guy from Greece? Uh, John Travolta. Oh, there's no Johnius Travoltius. Uh <laughs> There's no... I guess Liam, Liam, I guess I just... He sounds like an ultramarine, though. Or oh, William Smithius, because there's no William. <laughs> I think that was, that was a... That was one uh, there, but yeah. So if anyone has uh, any other questions or quips before we move on to the expert section,
2: yeah, no? I, think, I think I'm. A, I think I no, so. not, Ooh, not for now.
1: Perfect. Well, I'll I'll hand it over to our uh, esteemed, our our leader, our cultural guide in the ways of the gene stealers, Eli. So Eli will take it away with our expert section.
0: Go ahead. Okay. Indeed, I will. We will learn about the Gene Stealer cults from the perspective of a true believer. So, starting hey, from the right. top... I did alright. I did alright. <laughs> starting from the top, a Gene Stealer itself, as Hal said, it's a... It's a xenospecies of a divine race known as the Star Children. Uh, the Star Children are led by their gods, who aren't really named completely, Just they're just the Star Children. We originally see the gene stealers on the moons of Yimgaro, um, and they thought they were separate from the Star Children, but then would eventually find out that they aren't. They're part of the big, massive uh, conglomeration of the nomadic race that they are. Um, when a gene stealer makes a planet fall, because they send the Star Children send them out far and wide to grasp uh, all of their. Sons and daughters in their wide arms to one day bless them with ascension. But the gene stealer uh, goes to ground immediately when it is <laughs> upon a planet, goes into hiding because obviously the Imperium does not quite understand the divine properties
1: of this being. And will... This is so much propaganda, guys. Have to say.
3: <laughs> I was, I, the, the Imperium understands just well enough where to put the boulder shells. Uh-uh, nah,
1: can I, make a, can is, I have a question? Does, do they ever like. I have an image in my head that they... You said, like, they are, like they rocket towards, like, a planet. Does someone, like, throw them, like, a javelin? Like, and just like <laughs> yell, like, yeet. Acid <laughs> yeet just... them.
4: Like
3: B2 in Titanfall 2. Oh, I think
0: they're just sent out from the ships. Oh, that means,
4: uh, they that's also, a funny image.
0: They spend, they spend a lot of time in... Uh, what are they called? Space Hawks. They're, there's a lot of them in Space Hawks. But overall, they're just sent in their little... Uh, spore packages basically um but anywho, so it, it, it goes to ground it hides uh, and then eventually when a lucky individual comes by they will be lured in with hypnotism from the gene stealer and it will give them a kiss with its ovipositor and inject them with its blessed dna as we said earlier, this yikes.
2: M- mommy
1: Gene Stealer. <laughs> no. Right. Right. No, that is not the intro, I swear to God. We're not having <laughs> mummy jeans <laughs> stealer. It's the intro.
2: <laughs>
3: you
1: foul man. Mummy big forehead. Someone if someone made an image of this, I'm gonna be so upset. Like it's just gonna be <laughs> like hate it. I hate it so much. No. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, gene
0: stealers themselves are uh they have they have six limbs, as we said. Uh, two of them usually end in like talons or some spiky thing. They're Hashtag very many armed mummy. <laughs> That's right. They're very you. fast. They're extremely fast and extremely cunning. Very intelligent. They're an apex uh, being in general wherever they go, basically. Uh, and one could say that they're probably the biggest threat to the Imperium, which I know has probably said a lot about a lot of things. But um, compared to chaos, the gene stealers are far,
3: far more widespread and dangerous. So, our blades of grass will be fine.
0: <laughs> so, once the gene stealer gives its blessing to this individual, uh, the individual and all of its offspring forever now will be under the angel's uh, guidance, let's say they're all linked together in one brood mind and as the generations go on and this thing is fed psychic might it will become a beautifully uh, sorry a beautiful and immensely powerful being known as the patriarch who is the four-armed emperor sent by the star children to liberate their
1: people and bring them into the embrace on the day of ascension is this so, is what people were talking about me and Eli said this before we were... We had a joke, like, is this what they mean by take down the patriarchy? Because,
4: <laughs> because yeah. it's an actual genius
1: Because like, that because that makes a lot more sense in the <laughs> world. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. New spin
1: on patriarchal tyranny, if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally there. Oh.
0: So, the first generation... Well, I guess the pre-generation, I wouldn't... I don't know if we call it the first generation, is the Contagia. As you said, they're just regular people living regular lives, and all of a sudden they really want to have a family and settle down, and so they do, and then they give birth to probably potentially one of the most blessed generations of the Emperor's children.
2: Um, for Hang they... on a minute, I thought this was gene-stealers, not Slaanesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: they are far more angel than they are human, usually coming out of the womb with five to six limbs and eventually become acolyte hybrids, which lurk in these shadows, waiting for the day of ascension, because the oppressors often misunderstand their blessings for corruption. So they cannot be revealed, and often the great aunts and great uncles of the congregation will hide away in tunnels and secret passages until they are allowed to come to light, climbing on walls and hissing. And <laughs> yeah, uh, how far the Imperium is from the truth, indeed. Next, uh, with all is the rest he... of the
1: vermin fitting <laughs> baby in the tunnels. I was gonna say, I'm gonna joke like just like my aunt, but then I'm like, I'm so sorry, auntie. <laughs> <honey." laughs> she's not, she's not walking on the walls, hissing. I swear. <laughs> uh, moving, moving forwards,
0: we have the basic hybrid, who is uh, similar, but a human form is slowly starting to ebb through. They can speak in mutters and utterances of low gothic. Uh, They still have the extra alarms, purple skin, but they start to stand a little taller instead of hunched over like the originals. Um, But they're they're far, like all the generations, they are faster and stronger than the non-believers. Thirdly, we move on to the true hybrid, who now can pass as a mutated human in most of the overpopulated and poorly treated societies, where a lot of mutants already are, And as much as the Imperium hates its mutants and stuff uh, on hive cities and planets with, like, hundreds of billions of people, or however high the populations get, uh, mutants are pretty common and generally aren't that out of place in the really lower class and underhive and all that stuff. So they can kind of walk among society, depending on where the cult is at the time, Uh, but... A lot of the heroes of the cult will come from the third and fourth generation, which we'll get into later. There's a lot of different forms of beings that come from the brood, and they're all blessed in their own ways. But now the true hybrid obviously stands straight up. Uh, The only difference between them is a little bit tinted skin, yellow eyes, and a lot of them, most of them, will have a third arm, which is awkward for balance, but I'm sure they get used to it, and it's uh, quite handy. Uh, Sixthly, fourthly, sorry, this is my sixth point, but fourthly is the Primarchy or whatever we said. Uh,
1: <laughs> Primarchi, okay. Yeah,
0: think. yeah. Uh, they pass as fully human. They're just dudes, usually with the yellow eyes as well, sometimes a little bit tinted skin, but generally they're like, they just look like pure humans.
1: Um, Are you telling, they're me, them, are you telling me they're not Elon Musk simps? Because I feel like I've got that really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh they, they look they
3: generally look pretty normal I do use you your neurolink, but other than that you know Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah
1: they,
2: <laughs> a little they... bit of headcanon
1: what's what's um what's a uh, mark zuckerberg's thing he's making with the virtual <laughs> world what's it called again metaverse? Oh. The, metaverse. Meta- the metaverse i think it died oh, pretty
3: quickly
1: <laughs> the, oh my god i thought they use the these guys use the metaverse like 100 percent
3: mark mark he does look a bit like a gene stealer doesn't he a little bit mm-hmm. oh that's a bit Imagine unfair that. i think that's a bit okay. unfair <laughs> like okay. going,
2: oh, who, who are we offending
1: facebook yeah that's true that's <laughs> true
3: Multi-millionaire. Fa- oh don't bully him book, yeah I-, it, I think he's fine
1: <laughs> unfair to the gene sealers they are yeah, more that's glorious that's right that's
0: what i was going to say Oof. um they the uh primarcy use these things that i should have written down the name of because i don't remember what they're called <laughs> but they put these things like under their fingers and their skin, kind of, and it like it mimics the signals that like tech adepts have and stuff. So it lets them infiltrate places and get through doors and register as normal to all the tech guys. I really wish I remember what they're called. Maybe if you know in the comments, if you read the Day of Ascension, is a good book. Uh, you can tell me there, I guess. So, anyways, After the
2: flood and their uh, logic plague.
0: Mm. I need no I need more Halo lore. Halo's good stuff. And then lastly, as we said, an angel is born to the congregation and a pure strange gene stealer in all its beautiful glory arises and is usually sent away on the holy quest and pilgrimage to the stars uh, to become yet another emperor uh, for a bent and battered and oppressed people to save somewhere out there. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
3: <laughs> There's only one emperor and only one type of angel. <laughs> of
4: the
1: angels are deaf. I'll that's Susan Susan with dinner. Oh, oh, <laughs> the
4: emperor.
2: Uh, There's only one Phoenix King. No
1: Finnebar. Malachith is not Phoenix King.
4: Hmm.
1: Uh I think I and that's uh no, it's, um, wow. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a handover to me here, because I get to talk about my favorite thing again. We're gonna talk about uh the HP Lovecraft inspiration boys. Yes. My favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, you don't sound too excited. Yeah. <laughs> so um so this is a bit more about what the Shadows over Innsmouth uh story is. Because once I think again, as I said earlier, once you hear a bit more of it, you go, Ah, uh, I see. So the Shadows over Innsmouth is a Lovecraftian story, which is about the kind of worship of the old one called Dagon. And this is done in the town on the east coast of America. Um, It's a really rundown, like kind of, even the town's described like an ugly place. And the Innsmouth people, over time, they kind of, their whole shtick is that, shtick, sorry. (laughs) I don't know why that's there. Um, But they slowly become more fish-like. And their eyes like sort of bulge. They have like pallid skin, like sickly spots. They have like scales and things like that. And Is this the the same story that they got. There was a game on the original Xbox called I think it's Call of Cthulhu, and it was like
4: yeah, in fishy village.
1: It's oh, that's yeah. They there's like a kind of link to that where they uh, they make ah. a nod to what's called an and It's
2: like a, a really good horror game before it becomes a really bad first-person shooter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pretty, actually, I almost bought that game, but I'm glad I didn't, because uh, people said it was like, it's better to watch than play it. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, we're never going to get a good Lovecraft game, and it's, it makes me upset. Um, uh, darkest Dungeon?
4: Uh.
1: Oh, actually, that's a good point. That's a good point. game a uh, trick of the light. <sighs> <laughs> As I was saying, with the... So the Innsmouthers, the people who live in Innsmouth, the town, they are kind of described as having what's called the Innsmouth look. And when someone, if someone ever said to you in real life, you have the Innsmouth look, someone is calling you ugly. Uh, Because they look... um, That's what what they meant. Oh, God, I'm going to make a phone call after this. So so these, these, like, they look like fish people. It's kind of... So these are the whole kind of... Uh, secret that they have within them is that they were they are hybrids of the deep ones which are like the original kind of uh fish people i mentioned earlier so back in there like uh so their i guess their genes were messed with shall we say and the, they were stolen <laughs> they were stolen pretty much and um eventually over time like the people who live in innsmouth they would slowly transform into deep ones and like eventually that like, they'd Basically be a fish person, but like, you know, the people who say like the mermaid thing, but the mermaid is like not the bottom half, but the top half. So they have legs, but they have the top half fish. Oh well, um,
2: yeah, family guy's skin. <laughs> yeah,
1: that that's that's essentially what it is. And eventually when they're fish people, they join their gods in the very deep ocean, like in underground cities. And even in Innsmouth, like the people who live there, even before they become deep ones, they have the cult of Dagon which is spread throughout the town. So I'm pretty sure you're seeing the, obviously the link with uh gene sealers themselves and they worship the deep ones and father Dagon, shall we say? And they kind of, their whole thing is they look down towards the depth of the sea and obviously gene sealers themselves look up to the heavens, shall we say for the, the day of ascension, as we mentioned earlier. And I'll, I'll chuck it back to Eli to uh, describe their amazing living habitat. You know, their, a nice apartment (laughs) shall we say
4: well sure (laughs) that
0: wouldn't say it's overly comfortable um but most cults can be found in human populations especially hive worlds but humans are not the only race lucky enough to receive revelation Uh, the orcs and eldar and tau uh, and the likes are all accepted by the star children's embrace Uh, Human civilization is just a lot easier to infiltrate because they are extremely overpopulated, usually, on places like Hive Cities. Uh, And usually the Imperium is fairly, or maybe a little more than fairly, (laughs) oppressive towards their people, depending on the world, most worlds.
3: This (laughs) one here.
0: And living conditions usually kind of suck in general. Uh, but more than that, the security, it's its very hard to police um, billions and billions and billions of people in such a gigantic place. And as you may know, a lot of hive cities have underhives, which are already just like crime dens and nothing, no police are ever going to go down there. Arbides, whatever, I guess. Um, Space Hawks, common sight for the gene the brood, of course. But also, other than the human civilizations, we do have... Uh, minor Eldari craft worlds it doesn't really work that well though because the Eldari are a lot more vigilant
1: I think and... Colin Colin, how we have to ask how you feel about them touching your precious Eldar because <laughs> I imagine you are uh, not get, happy good, uh, if you left.
2: good luck to the one who tries because he's going to be Kentucky Fried Gene Stealer in short yeah, order
0: uh, Yeah, that is unfortunately usually what happens yeah um, it takes a lot of extra breeding cycles to get the gene stealer stuff going in the Eldar because their genetics are a lot more...
1: Mm, refined.
0: Yeah, refi- that's a good word. Refined. <laughs> and um, their society is obviously a lot more... Um, vigilant? Vigilant <laughs> Vigilant's the
1: word, I probably think. Just
0: vigilant in general, yeah. Um, yeah, so the Eldar are kind of hard to get. Orcs... Also, kind of hard to work with. We'll we'll talk about that later, though. I guess I'll I'll keep going
3: about the general living habitats. Oh, no, like a, orcs are born through mushrooms. So surely yeah, that kind of yeah. interferes with the process.
0: <laughs> well, it, it makes it harder, but it's still possible.
1: It's
3: still possible. <laughs> the, uh, the gene stealers <laughs> just like, I like a challenge. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Flex
1: <laughs> <laughs> flexes in, in front of mushrooms or <laughs> something.
0: Yeah, gene stealers try to avoid the orcs, but like. If a genius has been waiting like centuries to find a good host population and orcs are the only things that are around, then they might as well try.
2: Um, take, take what they could get.
0: Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> For humans, though, uh, Hive World's the best. Agri worlds are also actually pretty good because there's a lot of open field in general, so the populace are kind of like spread out in tight clumps, I guess. And if the cult can take over the Agri world, then they have a very convenient way of spreading the gifts of the Emperor to the stars in the form of corrupted or, well, not corrupted enough for us, of course, uh, extra ingredients in the food that they send off. Let's just let's say that, so that they can spread the genes throughout the stars in rations and whatnot, in livestock, so that's pretty nice and convenient for most cults who are on agri worlds. Uh shrine worlds are somewhat susceptible as well. Uh they're the religious kind of crypt worlds, the worship worlds for the emperor. So there's a lot of ecclesiarchy going on and a lot of a lot of robes are worn, which is very convenient for hiding a third arm and
3: other such blessings. Um, I like the idea that, like, on the agri world, it's really difficult to get a hoodie. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we just can't find the attire we need. Oh. All, they can, oh. all, they,
2: all they can find are very large sun hats, and that doesn't help with the arms. <laughs> just, like, they find, like,
3: a
1: sack uh, of potatoes. They put the tomatoes, and are like, well, this'll do. Uh. <laughs> but, on, but on a Pope Benedict yeah. world, there's, like, plenty to go around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's,
0: there's yeah. also lots of crypts and tombs in those worlds of nice underground maze-type places to... Uh, living. Also though, the populations on Shrine Worlds are used to having great reverence for a divine entity, albeit the wrong one, but they're halfway there, so they just need a little purple push, let's say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> purple Delves. push
1: is nightmare, yeah. by the way. Purple push, I don't know if I can sleep <laughs> after saying that. Sounds like a new, no,
3: new variety of Vimto to me.
2: I saying, I'm thinking of, like, one of those, like, like push pops or something. i, I I'd quite like a purple push. What's
1: a push pop? Is that, like, a frozen...
2: Yeah, it's like this like little frozen oh. ice cream kind of thing where you, like, you you push it out of the container as you're eating
1: it. Oh, we yeah, They're we... are delicious. They're the same brands, but we have, like, the equivalent in the UK. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry, we we'll you do about G C, not not ice <laughs> ice, cream, ice cream. Ice cream, though. I yeah. love push-ups. Uh,
0: delve worlds, lastly, are a good place to go. Like Gosar Quintus was. Uh, they're called they're mining worlds. Just some called delve worlds, I guess, for pretty obvious reasons. There's a lot of places to hide on a mining world with tunnels going literally everywhere, and also the conditions on mining worlds are like. You can't get much worse than that, so it's pretty—it's pretty easy to find downtrodden and oppressed people on places like that who are already pretty willing to rebel. They uh, just north
3: of England in the eighties, <laughs>
0: or Florida, they as we said earlier. They just... <laughs> they just need a couple extra arms to get the job done. Uh, lucky for them, there's uh there's some extra arms to be spared. Uh, we'll talk about Gosar Quintus soon, though. But we'll talk about, for now, I suppose, the stages of a cult. Um, it's not overly complicated. I mean, it is for them, but the actual ways of doing it. So the genius dealer shows up, blesses some people, and the generations start to spread. Obviously, this starts out really slow, and they have to be really, really, really careful to not be found out. Otherwise, the whole thing could just be burned away oh my dog's barking i'll
4: have
2: to he's he's not happy with it sniffed out a gene stealer
0: (laughs) but yeah uh, so (laughs) they they operate in extreme secrecy the whole time but especially at the in the first beginning stages they have to be really careful because if the inquisition finds you then it's kind of over
3: well it is it is over (laughs)
2: So they, and the planet's probably over, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the Grey Knights, we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> They're just in the vicinity, like, oh we got going demons to kill? We'll sort this out while we're here. So, they will continue to spread angel blood throughout the population
0: ever so slowly. Eventually, it uh, proliferates very quickly, though, obviously, as you can imagine, as more and more people are uh, touched by the Emperor. Uh, and they can soon spread after a few generations, sometimes even like hundreds of years, they will spread across the entire world. And sometimes maybe just the Hive City, if we're in a Hive City. But yeah, the entire world is now running around in tunnels, being cool and blessed and whatnot. (laughs) Um, But the Day of Ascension, which is the end goal of every cult, right? it can be triggered early, if it has to be. It's not ideal ever, usually sometimes i guess they can trigger it
3: early if they need to you don't want a premature cult (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) so inconvenient am i right if
2: if your day of ascension lasts more than four hours make sure to consult a doctor every
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, but yeah so like i should say they remain secret until the day of ascension obviously when they rise up from the tunnels and underground and take the planet for themselves but this can be triggered early because it usually only triggers when the star children are near if a foreign invader comes to the planet like say the tau invade an imperial world uh and the patriarch feels that the planet is in uh, let's say, risk of being taken by the Tao, then the Ascension will be sprung early, and they'll actually fight against the Xenos alongside their Imperial brethren. Uh, and then when the day is won, unfortunately, the guns will turn, and in a shocking revelation, the Imperial dogs will crumble beneath the might of the four-armed
3: Emperor. Treacherous. Yeah. Good times. Even, the, even the sirens are kicked off. Like, yeah, the treachery <laughs> <started> going off. <laughs>
0: good days. Good days. Um, I think I, we kind of mentioned it already, but the oppression of Imperial people in general is very widespread and is very easy to find on most worlds unhappy people. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like working conditions suck depending on if your tech adept's good enough or not. Usually they're not very good though, and all they care about is, uh, what's the word? Proficiency, productivity. There you go. Uh, so they'll do everything in their power to increase your productivity. When I mean, one might think that means having a happier workforce, but usually it means using yeah, it dangerous. Work. Yeah, yeah. It usually it means work. having dangerous chemicals, uh, slave drivers, the likes. You know, the the Imperium's classic go tos. To just keep the war machine running. I mean, they don't two have to much. Two
3: to maybe three stuff. meals a day. You pray to the emperor. That's all yeah. you need. It's
2: fine. <laughs> right. two, two to three meals a day is a great luxury. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. You'll you're get your eating, one corpse bar and yeah, like it. You're
0: eating corpse mm. starch in the warrens down below the earth, and all your people are dying of lung cancer from your coal mines and whatever. Jesus uh, that's, that's, that's Fake
3: news. There's nothing going wrong. It's all fine. <laughs> It's absolutely fine.
2: (laughs) Everyone has
3: absolute respect and feeds them well, and there's no problems ever.
2: There's puppies and ice cream for everyone.
3: We have therapy dogs in the mines every day, just to be Uh... sure.
1: Shakes shakes fist in (laughs) Karl Marx.
3: So
0: the star children, of course, hear the cries of all of these poor people so they send their glorious angels and patriarchs out to save them and unify them as the cult to one day rise and be blessed by holy union with the gods above. (sighs) So, (laughs) um, as the cult grows larger, they will slowly try to infiltrate positions of power, uh, especially just political stuff in general, the planetary governor, maybe... The planetary governor's advisor is secretly a cultist type of thing. Um, Things like that. And many of their children will likely be taken by the tithe to the Imperial Guard. Uh, And this, depending on when they want to ascend, can be a good or bad thing. Bad because they're losing manpower for the time being, obviously. But good because this is giving some of them combat experience. And they can spread the word of the Emperor throughout the stars, wherever they end up getting shipped off to. If they survive and come back, then it's good times. If they die, then it sucks, but at least they've spread some word. Um, or they might become part of the Planetary Guard, which is really great because that means we're primed and ready for the Day of Ascension, and they have easy access to stolen goods like las guns and the like.
2: Real yeah. nice weapons. Sent yeah. all, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Very safe and OSHA-approved. Where uh, <laughs> is there a was there a gene stealer in the Caius Kane?
2: Book? There's a couple I books where they.
1: Fight, I don't want to uh, spoilers. Uh, no one's read read Kyphus I only Kane. read one.
2: It's it's not, one. not too much of a spoilers because the premise of some of the books is just yeah, Kane is Kane's fighting gene stealers.
1: Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Shout out to uh, uh No Work for his excellent video on Caius uh, Kane. Uh, My my favorite uh, answer in a pub quiz, shall we say? (laughs) My law crime. My my poor law crime.
0: So. Uh, yeah, like I said, they're joining the Imperial Guard, they're infiltrating the upper echelons, and now in the factories, if they're working in factories, when overseers aren't looking, they'll start, you know, stealing scraps and putting together makeshift firearms, like shotguns and stuff, and stowing them away under their
1: belongings, well, they don't own anything, who am I kidding, but
0: stowing them away where they can hide. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that,
1: that caught me off guard. <laughs> they don't even, I was like, right I thought you were like, they knit as well, like they knit secretly or something, <laughs> but nah.
0: Uh, But they store those away and start to stockpile these uh, refitted weapons and civilian mining vehicles often. Uh, Often these vehicles will be uh, quote-unquote lost and refitted for combat. There are some famous ones that are pretty general for all the planets. Uh, but yeah, the cult makes do with what they have, depending on the planet that they're on. A on planet will obviously be easier to make firearms and get the technology, whereas an Agri World, probably not. You're gonna have to just, I don't know, do what you can. But also, an Agri World's probably not gonna be... Uh, I don't know. This might be wrong. This might be lore crime. I assume that they're not overly heavily defended. Maybe that's wrong. But there's a lot of ground to cover where there's just, like,
3: farm so. And just like the idea of them herding cows, and like these will do, we use them yeah. as weapons.
0: <laughs> I will say though, for agrivores, I guess they have access to, um, like genetic ins- experimentation, which we'll learn a little tiny bit about with the twisted helix and some other mm. ones. Uh, you know how they're trying to genetically modify all their livestock and whatnot, and be efficient in that way they have access to labs and stuff where they can splice genes and do more genes to their shenanigans yeah so have some cool (laughs) yeah Uh, but as we continue the cult is quickly growing now is very big they have lots stockpiled they're waiting for the day of ascension but if they're on a very protected planet they have to be really careful and they need to meticulously perfectly plan the day because we have to remember they are just civilians with very little combat experience other than the specific bioforms that are made for specific tasks and a lot of the hybrids are good at fighting but still the large majority of the cult are just regular people so even if there's a ton of them and they have a ton of equipment and weapons and the element of surprise is still... Winning is not guaranteed. They could just be turned upon by the Skitari or the Astrum Militarum and just guns down and killed. But usually the failsafe for that is that there is Broodkin within the Astromilitarm. And Skitari. The Skitari can be infected. And no matter how many layers of code and falsehoods that they put in the heads of the... Which what's the right word here? The just the Skatari—they've been lied to a Cog lot, boys. obviously. Yes, the Cogboys been lied adapts to by the Ecclesiarchy. Mods. They've been—they have codes placed in their brains uh, or their logic engines and whatever, so they have to follow what the tech adepts say. But those who are blessed and then later reawakened at times by a Magus or other powerful individual can actually break these shackles of the False Emperor and ignore any orders and codes given to them from tech adepts, which is
4: cool. And he's yeah, not happy about the False blas- Emperor. Even, I'm,
3: I'm even going to say such blasphemy for the Omnisire. He's one of my favorites <laughs> as
2: well. There's a, I, I say, without too much spoiling, uh, that is in a Caiaphas Cain book as well. Some uh, some followers of the Omnisire find out that they're not quite as safe as they think just because of the machinery.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is a cult that follows the true Omniscire as well, but that's, that's ah, true. There's only one
1: omniscire. Ah, yeah. It's, ah. it's,
2: it's Vol. Oh,
1: <laughs> Get out of here. Even I'm not with you on that one. <laughs> He's not Omnissiah. Oh
0: <laughs> gosh. Um, it's back to the, back to what I was supposed to be talking about. I went a little off <laughs>
4: topic
0: there, but this, the cult's growing. We have equipment. We have lots of stuff that we need. And now tales of heroes folk heroes in general are start to arise as forms such as the keller emerge from the breeding cycle which is a three-armed vigilante who sparks the need for adventure in the criminal and a desire for freedom in the oppressed we'll talk about her a little later keller is like the fan favorite i would say of the general gene stiller believers so there's lots of heroes now they're going to get some guidance from bioforms such as the primus being made who is a very straight-backed military officer strong type guy Uh, but yeah so they have lots of people to look up to and there's really really starting to be have their claws deep into much of the imperial hierarchy and system in general you're gonna start seeing graffiti of the great worm form, or depictions of the four-armed emperor throughout the streets, and the majority of the planet's society will eventually be blessed. Hmm. Typical,
3: typical xenos mutants. Not only are they, you know, besmirching the <laughs> Imperium, vandals as well.
1: <laughs> Worst of all, loitering too. <laughs> no lollygagging.
4: That's the Skyrim guards say right every five minutes. <laughs> I'm just imagining the video of the
1: guy in the swimming pool who did like the um the uh, <laughs> you NPC, know, not the NPC. It's like you were there. Stop the there, arrows. criminal scum! And just like swimming, he's in the swimming pool. It's like ah, oh, why won't you die? He just over.
4: <laughs> think,
2: I'm thinking Snarling. of a, a video where someone dives at a pool, and then it pans, or it's you know, there's a sign that says no diving. Then some guy dressed as Batman beats the snot
4: out of
2: him. It says no diving. <laughs>
0: uh, that was a good that was a good batman voice what the heck all right thank uh, <laughs> um it would be interesting to say that production rates and the compliance in general of uh of these planets usually in the latter stage of ascension are actually increased because the workforce is working fervently and they have hope in their hearts um that soon all the pain and all the slavery will be taken away so they work tirelessly to ensure that they are not discovered and with great energy as they are so close to the blessed unions as the angels draw near to their planets and their shackles will be torn asunder by the beautiful saviors. So uh, I think that's for now about, about the stages of the cult. When the star children come near, Ascension Day will happen, which we'll talk about a little bit later. It's very exciting, very momentous day when the shackles of oppression are thrown off and violence it erupts and everything goes crazy and
1: they either win or lose, basically. <laughs> I feel like we should stay at this point, this is very heavily from the perspective of the G-sealers, if anyone hasn't gotten <laughs> that yet. Uh... To be honest,
3: I just like the idea of when you were getting started with the different stages, like... Imagine the parent gene stealers having the talks, like, "Oh, when a mummy <laughs> gene stealer and a daddy gene stealer, each are very much." There's this state, then there's this, this stage, then this, 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 and just having a Venn
1: diagram to just
3: explain to the child, like, "This is where you fit that's in awesome. here."
1: This is where you child. build the lasgun in the factory. He's <laughs> like, "What the? What's that got to do with the love part?" <laughs> it's like, "What do you mean love?" I like okay.
2: to, I like to imagine that's that's how some inquisitors find out there's gene stealers. It's like. Things are things are too productive here. You yeah, guys are working yeah. too hard. Something's not <laughs> right.
1: That's actually a very good point, honest.
2: isn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah. There, there it, was. Um, I remember when you were mentioning bits like bits of the kind of uprising and such. Though, there's a really good episode of Hammer and Bolter called "A New Life," and if if anyone has uh, Warhammer Plus go oh, and watch that episode, because I remember, like, the whole series, I'm like, it's kind of okay, but that episode in particular, it's about the the cults, and it's really good.
0: Mm. Nice. Go I, maybe I, I should go watch it. I haven't seen it. I've only seen the Eldar one.
3: Oh, it's, it's the most recent one at the time of recording. Like RIP Avatar record. of Kane. Yeah,
0: literally, my, my face <laughs> when Avatar Christ. gets killed by ten bolters. <laughs>
2: Oh, for the uh, really slowly as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah,
0: was, he just sits there while they pew, shoot at pew, him. Pew, and... at, uh, pew,
2: and... at least, uh, at least yeah. the striking scorpion and that. Yeah, that's what was a baller.
4: Should be,
1: shouldn't be yeah. called Kane. Should be called Victim because because the law <laughs> writers just keep <laughs> <laughs> ruining. it
0: oh. oh man! Well, speaking of Eldar, why don't we talk about Gene Stealers in Xenos races and other races other than human, and then we'll talk about gosar Quintus a little bit. So. Like I said, you can find gene stealers in basically every race. Uh, I don't think it works in Necrons. I'd be pretty surprised. I haven't heard of it working in Necrons, but I mean if, if the Flayer virus can spread in Necrons then maybe in the Destroyer virus or if Lucy, Lucius Lucius the, Lucius the Eternal,
1: Lucius Eternal can emerge uh, out I of know. a Necron <laughs> for some, some reason. reason. Maybe we
0: can get gene stealer, but we can't get gene stealer Necrons then too. That'd be cool. It'd be, be wild. All right. Anyways. <laughs> um but usually the way of infection for other races uh it's good in like merchant ships and rogue traders for a gene sealer to hide away in secrecy while trades are being done and oh no your box of uh i don't know it's a funny thing to be in a
1: box i have no idea your box is definitely not hentai (laughs) definitely not hentai (laughs) a a pipe (laughs)
4: okay
1: if we had to blow that part (laughs) to beat that out (laughs)
4: Your
0: box of stuff all of a sudden has a gene stealer in it instead of whatever you were supposed to be getting. How convenient for the Star Children. <laughs> Tau fleets are very susceptible because, as some might know, the aircasts are really usually the only ones who stay awake when Tau go places because they don't have warp travel. They just have they have faster than light. Last I checked, but they don't have warp travel, so it still takes some time. And tau life cycles are pretty short, I think they live like 60 years on average that or something. Weak. Yeah, unless you're a farsight,
3: he's a <laughs> just like That's the a Chad, play. like a star. He's like, I live to be however long until I'm you shot, know. it's amazing.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I wonder how old Eldred is, huh? What, 10,000? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Younger,
1: old? younger than the Empire. white gold. He's
3: using a lot of hair dye at this rate, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, the yes, a lot of times. The Tau, the Fire Cast and Earth Cast who are sleeping in status, status uh, might just wake up to a completely new society that's just gene stealers. Uh, or they won't wake up at all. That's probably the actual reality. Did you
3: lot that.
2: always have four arms? <laughs>
3: yeah, I was just thinking, and we're going like, one, two, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit strange. And.
0: Like I said earlier, the Eldar are a lot harder to get into. They, like it's, it almost never really happens because they find the hybrids right away and just poof,
3: dead. Uh, yeah,
1: wasn't there it, one? Since there's
3: only like fifteen of them, so they'd probably be like, "Hang on, you're acting yeah. a bit weird. I know yeah. you really well." You,
2: did, <laughs> you didn't have three arms yesterday. What happened? <laughs>
1: wasn't there one where they would let them? Is this like an obscure there, piece of lore? They let was. themselves. They let there themselves was. be. A... Do you want to do you want to say that? You probably know more about it, Colin, than I do.
2: May I? May I tell yeah, yeah. the tale little
4: it? Yeah,
2: uh, It was basically—I uh, don't remember the name of the craft world, but it was before spirit stones had gotten around to the Eldar. Oh. So they had no way, once they died, to keep their souls from going to Slanesh. So they figured, yes, the perfect way to do it is to instead let gene stealers infest the whole craft world. That way our souls will not go to Silanesh when they die. Uh, which I you know, wow. I can't Did say I can't say I follow. Did it work? <laughs> uh well I, I don't remember, but I do know the Yanari wiped them out. Uh,
0: oh well, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean That's hey at least, to be fair, that like the soul stones I think were in like millennia like 32, 33, they were invented. Mm-hmm. Which mean and the, you know the Unari weren't till like the f- end of the forty first millennia. Yeah. So I mean that that's that's a solid eight thousand years of just chilling. To be fair,
3: yeah, it's true. That's true. I just like the idea that the Yunari came and it's like we are ending this science experiment. <laughs> like no, <laughs> no,
2: this is this is whatever Eldar heresy is on the table. Like burn it yeah, all. Yeah. No more. Whatever the Eldar version of heresy was, they found <laughs> it that day.
0: I I guess it's not on my notes, but it would make sense to me that Eldar corsairs. Are probably the best bet to go with for the gene stealers, I, I, I would assume, right? Like, there's, there's, they're, they're probably, pirate probably the patriots yeah, hiding, especially
2: because a corsair band can be anything from, you know, Uriel with his tens of thousands of ships yeah. to <laughs> one guy who decides, I want to be a pirate now,
0: yeah, literally. Uh, so them and maybe some uh, outcasts, the old rangers and whatnot, probably not Exodite Worlds because they're already. So antsy, all that stuff, I assume they would just they get it. Tegzinski Eldar. I'll never forget plus, it. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> plus, their, plus their worlds are alive, so the trees themselves yeah, would be yeah. like, you don't you don't seem right today. Yeah. I like
3: the idea that the trees dump them in. Like, oh yeah. Speaking of like Shut up, don't
0: you? <laughs> speaking of not feeling right, we can go to the orcs. Um, and orcs can be infested by gene stealers. The gene stealers kiss uh the brood cycle will go through the spore reproduction so it still works with the spores uh and sometimes they get away with it very rarely but actually the less civilized orc society as funny as that might sound but the the, the feral orcs uh
3: who are infected uh, usually is that the snake bites? The uh, the ones who are a bit more like tribal? Yeah, I looking. think they are. Just in general,
2: like, like planets orcs. with
3: orcs who are not evolved. Or yeah, anymore. like yeah.
2: some of the orcs, like after a while ends and it's just spores left. They yeah. don't grow into like. Yeah. I, Basically, I say less advanced orcs like that means anything. <laughs> like Warhammer Basically, fantasy yeah, orcs yeah, lost yeah. in 40K. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say. Uh, they're, they're the perfect orc, as imperfect as the host is. They are the perfect way to do it because they're not quite as connected with everything. And the
3: societies that they're in don't notice quite as quickly that something is up. Do they uh, Do they end the whole thing of like, have you ever seen a purple orc? And they're like, ah,
4: <laughs>
1: sneaky orc. I think, I don't know if you're going to touch on that, but my favorite part about them infiltrating orcs is that they never usually make it in orc society because they're not aggressive enough wasn't it because yeah. i'm like they don't they always get crunked <laughs> the, yeah, the yep. gene sealer orc because it's just not orky enough so it's just yeah, like just a difference and you know, so
3: like how about we just take a minute and we sit down and we wait a while and then maybe in another generation then we'll do a lot like you know, <laughs> <"Buffing wuss." laughs>
0: yeah are we gonna
3: say something <laughs> <great>? <laughs>
2: I was just going to say, like, yeah, they can tell he's not right orky enough. They know yeah. something's not right with this lad.
0: Exactly. And and the gene stealer psychic like connection distorts the wall field, and they'll be kind of disconnected from the wall. So they can just inherently feel that around <laughs> them that the, there's something wrong with this lad right here. And then they eventually find out that they were taken over by the bug eyes. Thanks there, yes. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> okay. uh, the they do they do work sometimes though. Freebooter bands are great. Freebooter bands are perfect, and they become green broods as they kind of float across the galaxy as freebooters do. Being orky, but generally orc society also bad. So the good ones are tau, and even the tau aren't great. Like the actual Tau society wouldn't go well, but Tau fleets are great, um, and humans. But it, it does make it very fun for the tabletop, because if you want to, you can make Gene Stealer Sektari or Gene Stealer Tau, or uh, like convert any models you want. It's there's a lot of opportunities for doing that stuff on the tabletop, which is do really
3: you, cool. Do you reckon we're gonna see a Gene Stealer leagues of voton thing at some point?
0: <laughs> Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, make them interesting. I, I, I still haven't looked into their lore, I'm not gonna lie.
2: I uh <laughs> without, you know, uh a hold <laughs> off on why we might not see that till the end. Mm. Uh but I do have some reasoning why that might not be too likely.
0: Mm. Good thing. But Colin that's for we'll later. Yeah. So let's talk about Gosar Quintus. The first contact well, first discovery of the Gene Stealer cults. There was a high chance that they weren't the first and they were already there but it was the first and it was around the time I'm pretty sure of the first emergence of the star children into our galaxy because that should be good to mention the star children aren't even from our galaxy they're truly divine beings coming from the ends of space to help our galaxy because we're so privileged mm. to see them here uh, no. <laughs> but yeah Ghost Arquintus. It was the first Imperial world to be found blessed by the Forearmed Emperor, by the Star Gods in general. And it was a delve world, it was a mining world. So a great starting area to start. They also shipped (laughs) a lot of things from this world, so even better. We'll see that in a little bit. Uh, The population was very well behaved. They performed their duty to a high degree. In fact, they produced a fifth more on their tithes than was demanded. And were content to live off the gross rations and tasty nutrient pills that are provided. Yeah. <laughs> um, the great beliefs of the cult slowly spread until Inquisitor Shagrin, I think is his name, uh, he took notice. Uh, and he believed it to just be some form of twisted imperial creed. He didn't know what it was quite at first. But, and then he showed up and was like, oh, something's very wrong here uh unfortunately for him well maybe not unfortunately for him he uh, unfortunately for the imperium (laughs) the last communication that he ever sent off was that the planet's ruling dynasty was doing a great and diligent job and that nothing's wrong and then they never heard from him ever again (laughs) and a year later just a regular kill team was sent to further investigate them and then they were also lost the large pit uh, of the world. What was it called? I think it's just called the Great Pit. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> um, just a really big hole in the world. They the went down there to investigate. Of the yep, yep. It literally is though. Uh, they went down there to investigate and they never returned. And so, Mr. Chaplain of the Altarmains Ortan Cassius, famous guy. Hey. He picked out his very own kill team. Defined the truth. He would, sadly, they would slay the patriarch and kill lots of people. Uh, hey. But it was it was too late. Save your imperial celebrations. Savior imperial celebrations. It was far too late. It was far too late because when they checked the shipping logs. Uh, the gut wrenching truth was revealed to them that the cult of the four armed emperor had spread possibly to literally half of the entire galaxy. Uh, wait, nice.
2: <laughs> oof. Uh,
3: this, <laughs> Big uh... oof. We've yeah. got enough bolters for all of them. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I like the. To... I picture, like, that last transmission the guy sent, where it was like, everything's fine. <laughs> I, I like I, I picture the scene from episode four of Star Wars where Han Solo's like, everything's fine. You don't need to check on it. How are you?
4: <laughs> oh, how
3: are you? I was imagining, like, a little, at the end of, like, the, the message, just a little smiley face. Just to be like, fine. Smiley, smiley face. They're like, hmm, that seems a bit weird.
1: But it's like your parents doing texting, and the, the emoji's, like, not... Use at the appropriate time, so it's a bit <laughs> like, off. And the receiving message goes, "Where's my kisses?" And you go, "Oh come on, kiss, kiss, kiss." It's like yeah, what's the one with like someone? It's like a screenshot of someone saying like, "Oh, like you're oh, you're like, like, like someone, your so so, yeah, yeah, grandma, grandma,
2: skull emoji." Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh man!
0: Oh uh, but yes, this is the reality of the Star Children. They will win. The galaxy is theirs for the taking, and it is primed for their embrace. Soon they will sure. come, and the false emperor will not save you. Accept yeah. the embrace of the true emperor, or be condemned to death. I uh, know Calgar might have a few words to say. <laughs> to be honest, uh, Mardius Calgar can only fight so many Gene stealers. We got plenty
3: of other Astartes. Well, that, that, I
2: <laughs> uh, also remind me earlier you were t- we were talking about the other races. Uh, there's also the, the sected Kamara that knowingly infected themselves with gene stealers.
4: Because <laughs> oh, they'd not be funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they want to see what happens. Oh, my gosh. God, so they weird. must be really bored.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they um, are the
2: Dark Eldar.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, so now we can go on to the different cults. How uh, do you have a yes. favorite cult? I, uh, you want to talk about?
1: I picked a favorite cult. Because there's quite a few, and uh, I picked one that's a little bit little bit of a different flavour, shall we say. So my favourite uh, Gene Sealer cult is Cult Tenebrous. So the kind of unique thing about them is that they were uh, essentially infested with someone else's influence, shall we say. So they were in a uh, bulk lander, and it was swallowed by a warp storm. And it kind of left them uh essentially in the worst place, the smelliest place uh in the galaxy, on the edge of the garden of Nurgle. Uh, so uh-huh. so you can imagine, I mean, I don't know what the what's the city that everyone makes fun of in America, Colin? Like is it Detroit? Detroit. I think it's like Detroit, but twice as bad as Detroit. And, uh, <laughs>
2: Detroit become Nurgle. <laughs>
3: Detroit. I think
1: I think that's
2: a bit rude to, to Nurgle's garden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And uh so essentially the genie sealer cult um uh, so sorry Eli but they they discovered a new way of thinking shall we say they've uh, they became enlightened to a new uh master and they were now infected by good old grandfather Nurgle's plagues and they essentially have re-emerged back into real space and they uh, are essentially a genie sealer cult that serve chaos i think they're quite a nice like bit of spice a uh, bit they, of a different flavor
3: are they the only one who does that there's not like a corn one i mean that'd be kind of rubbish they just run around smashing people with their claws i suppose but it still.
1: might have happened in other gene stealer cults i can't I might be a minor to think one so the
3: next one would be doing
1: <laughs> you could you, if you
0: think of a gene stealer cult that could be a thing it probably is
2: Honestly, like, Lanesh's <laughs> Linesh, Gene Sealer kiss is a, is a lot less safer work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, but uh, I'll hand it back to Eli because he's going to talk about some of the more popular, uh, the main cards that you can buy. Um, what was it? The little uh, transfer sheets. So a lot of these ones you can play in your actual games mm. of uh, yeah.
0: 40K. Yeah. So the main ones with rules in the codex. Uh, we we went through a lot of names earlier, we'll go through them again, might as well. But we have the Cult of the Four Armed Emperor, originating from Gulsar Quintus, as we said. Their specialty is tunneling and surprise assault. I think I forgot to mention that earlier. In the planning of the cult, they spend a lot of time with their mining equipment and stuff, making tunnels to, just like, their own, un- it's an underway. It's like the Skaven underway that they basically make.
1: Or the Gene Sealer Great Escape. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. just yeah. like them all standing in a tunnel doing mm. their mining mm. with their hard hats on and then just being like,
4: hmm, <laughs>
3: tunnel. And then that was just the inspiration, like just standing there for hours and then it just clicked and they were like, "Ah, oh, mm. perfect. <laughs> uh, then we have the
0: Hive Cult who are just like military experts. They're all a bunch of warriors and a lot of the astro Militarum Consists of their cult. They're pretty, pretty epic. Uh, we have the Twisted Helix, where a bunch of mad scientist oh, i'm not scientist, mad scientist—genius uh, scientists who, who have specialized in kind of genetic splicing, and they have these really—they have a lot of aberrants, these gigantic, monstrous <laughs> beings that have been blessed with incredible strength and a small
3: mind let's see uh, what fabius could do with some of them as samples
0: mm-hmm. probably quite a lot of like uh, yeah yeah i don't know what fabius i don't there really know what fabius would do with this <laughs>
1: they wouldn't be his new men they'd probably be like the uh, old the very old 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 men cuz we're not going backwards <laughs> towards <laughs> that oh man yeah <laughs> but they yeah the
0: Twisted helix basically blends human flesh with angel blood and void stuff and All this conglomeration of just wild, wild, crazy stuff. Uh, Moving on, though. Okay, so we can say there's specialties in Melee. They get good rules for Melee on the tabletop. I think they're like a fan favorite on the tabletop. Because you can bring pure strange gene stealers and they're really good. Uh, The Hive cult doesn't have good rules, sadly, even though they're really cool. But anyways. um, The Pauper Princes are probably the most fanatical and religious of the cults. They will... They have, like, living saints, just like the Imperium does. And the followers of the Popper Princes will go to any lengths, any cult will go to basically any lengths to protect their superiors, but the Pauper Princes will go to, like, new heights that you could not imagine, like droves and droves, just people running in front of their... the truly blessed beings to, you know, protect them and serve them, as they should. (laughs) Um, we have the Rusted Claw, who are survival specialists. They have lots of biker gangs, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it about them. I don't remember there's much more. There's not a lot of lore, I should say, unfortunately, about the different cults. Um, there's not a lot of lore in the Gene Stealer cults in general. This is, we're basically covering, like, literally everything today. Um, but yeah, that's the Rusted Claw. They're cool. They're very tough. Then we have what else do we have here we have my favorite personally the bladed cog who are a mix of Omnissiah worshiping uh star children worshiping things uh, uh the cult is very analytical and the initial day of ascension was undergone by a blessed uh what's the word for them skatari guy skatari alpha so they they the regular cult has meticulous planning, but these guys are even bringing all the way further. It's great, like you know how tech addicts guys are. Yeah, they already have. They run the numbers. They crunch the numbers perfectly. And I'll give that to a gene stealer cult, and it's yeah. like the perfect uprising. They.
3: It's, it's, it reminds me of like that thing where there was that chess grandmaster went up against a uh, computer and he lost. It's like that's <laughs> them. They're the computer.
0: <laughs> yeah. They mesh their blessed flesh with machine flesh. The four-armed Omnissiah, as he wills it. Uh, there's lots of really scary things in the Bladed Cog. Just, like, animalistic, half-living thing, half-machine. It, like, like, I mean, you can just imagine the, like, scariness of regular Admech in Warhammer, and the grim darkness of that. And then just put... Gene Stealers on top of that, and you get even better. Good old Warhammer stuff.
1: It's actually pretty intimidating, I'm what I'm picturing <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> Yikes.
0: Yeah. And then those are the major cults really. Then we have some minor cults. There's six of them that I have here for you all. We have the inner worm, who I believe their patriarch came from the inside of a void whale. So they're very like guts oriented. They're like guts and like, I'm going to make a
3: particularly interesting entrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that's
1: the beginning of a your mom joke there. <laughs> like your <laughs> mom is so big. She come oh, from a void geez. whale.
0: <laughs> we have the star kindred who believe, I believe that um, when the angels come, the star will be revealed on their ever dark planet. We have the blessed wormlings who to be like their, Ancestors, I guess we can say. They eat worms. And they feed people to these big giant bugs. And then they eat the big bugs. <laughs> it's really weird. Ew, uh, the
3: circle um, of genes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have the cult Hydraic. I don't remember their thing really. I think they just spread everywhere because they're a Hydra. That makes sense to me. We have the Sons of Jormungandr. I said earlier. I like yeah. them a lot. They... Instead of coming from below, they come from above, and they infest a large amount of space stations. Oh, my God. I just
1: thought of fucking uh, Randy Orton. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just from up. <laughs> Randy Orton slithering <laughs> out. Here comes the Patriarch <laughs> with the steel chair. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Oh,
0: man. Um, they, they come from a string of infested space stations that stretch stretched across the Black Nebula. So it's relative peace and privacy. Uh, it's a very good place obviously because there's not much resistance and they take inspiration from the nomads of star children that they witness in the area and those star children take asteroids and fill them with stuff and send them down to planets so like them the sons of jormungandr infest cargo ships and stuff and go down to planets and then burst forth and take it over or uh, alternatively infiltrate the planets to start the revolution and spread the word from there i like them quite a lot
2: the world's uh, most horrifying odst yeah.
0: <laughs> um i think one of my favorites which this is kind of a spoiler for the day of ascension i guess but there's a cult in the in ultramar and they're called the behemoid Undercult. they all stab their eyes out this, sorry they stab one eye out because they worship None other than Old One-Eye. Old One-Eye literally has his own cult, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I assume... Do you guys know who Old One-Eye is?
1: Oh, yeah, from, from um, the... Artifacts Battle of McCrague as well.
3: spoilers <laughs> Magnus the Red? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd
1: be a it's weird mortal... thing for them to do.
3: It's...
0: Old One-Eye, for those of you who don't know, um, the Ultramanes fought a war against the Star Children, and Old One-Eye has remained. He's just this, like, immortal invincible angel that they've left behind, and he has his own cult now.
1: He's making his way downtown. He's walking fast.
4: (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Like Old One-Eye, these guys believe in a creed of physical strength and aggression, and they have big, giant, armored engines that are big, like an aberrant. Talk about those soon. That are just living, battering rams, basically. That's, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. There's a few other, like, random cults uh, that don't really matter, though, that I've never even heard of. They're on my list, but I don't even know what they are, so it's like... Um, yeah, there's, like, an infinite number of cults, literally. If you could think of one, if you could homebrew one, it's, like, logical enough for it to exist, to an extent, I guess. But there are, I should say, there are an infected Space Marine chapter... I forgot to mention that. I really like that. They're called the Scythes of the Emperor. Oh, yeah. And I remember It's not that. in my... Yeah. It's not in my notes. I'm just going off of memory here. But basically, they've been affected by the Gene Stealers' Kiss. So they wear psychic hoods to keep out the call of angels and star children. Foolish space marines. But yeah, they wear hoods also to hide themselves from most of the world because to to they space marines sound pretty scary to me? <laughs> but it was that's also cool, a cool little tidbit.
2: Kane again, and they, uh, without too many spoilers, they uh, they do take precautions, because space marines very much can be infected.
4: Mm-hmm. That was a
2: big worry in one of the Caiaphas Kane novels, uh, oh. dealing with a space hulk. They uh, all had yeah. to be safe, because they didn't want the operation to end, and then, uh-oh, some of those <laughs> marines came back with a few yeah. extra bits.
0: <laughs> mm. If I remember correctly, the... Maybe remember correctly, the sides of the Emperor set off the pharaoh's beacon, I think.
1: No, they are charged signs. They they're assigned to were, protect it. Yeah, yeah and they and the they, they
3: have be- the heraldry of ba- Barabbas Dantioch on there. They're like armor uh, with the skull. Yeah, okay. Oh no 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 no,
1: that's the, silver skulls. Size, no, so, yeah i always get them confused because they have the look but yeah size no, of the emperor signed, it's yeah. because they the people who lived on the planet with a pharos beacon they had like these big scythes that would they would use to cut their um not wheat but like you know wheat equivalent shall we say mm-hmm. and so yeah. it was like the people of that world and so they basically took that as like their badge of honor
3: mm-hmm. and one of them helped helped belisarius call cool as well when he was trekking around and was dispatched mm-hmm. as like his like, little bodyguard, and I, was he? I think he was involved with the um, the, the little uh, match that Belisarius had with uh, a
1: Shard, I think in the Bellasaurus' the, his book, the, the Great Work. Yeah,
3: maybe
0: it's he's definitely Shard? on the cover. I did not know that.
1: Well, we'll talk about that another video when we talk about day, good old yeah. Belisarius yeah. call.
0: Um, yeah, I, I believe Hal has a fun little. Story to tell. Yes,
1: I do. I, I've been dying to talk about this, <laughs> because uh, this is... Just to talk about a little, like, an interesting thing in the lore that happened to a gene-stealer cult, and it was to do with your main man, not Randy Savage, but um, Trezin the Infinite. So, in Trezin the Infinite's book, spoilers, we'll say now, there is a uh, a small little cameo, shall we say, of, of uh, gene-stealers, and mm. it was on the world of Serenade. It was... The whole book is essentially around Trezin and his rival, uh, Oricon the Diviner. they kind of they were forced to work together and they're trying to un- unlock like the secrets of the world of Serenade. And they're like uh sitting in this human uh amphitheatre, they're watching like a play happen, and it's a little play called King Mischief. It's like a special performance of the planet where They have a little uh, ventriloquist doll, I think it's called. Ventriloquism, isn't it? And um, it has like a puppet and it requires like a third puppet hand to help perform the magic tricks, (laughs) which is really funny because it's like, it's it's, it's perform the mischief. And I put in brackets here, apparently it's a comedy um, (laughs) because apparently people find it funny that there's a little puppet. Mm. And him and Orokin are just like in disguise, just like, you know, jab you know throwing jabs at each other talking smack and uh there's a point where Orokin notices that the performer's third arm is not a fake arm or a puppet arm and this literally unveils I'm sorry unveils a genie sealer uprising like in the middle of it yeah and um and the reason this happened was because centuries earlier Trezin um for a laugh uh took a gene skiller out of his like collection and he threw it at Oricon because he thought it'd be funny. And so that led to a the gene surviving, running off and essentially starting this cult that then takes over the world of Serenade. And Oricon is like not happy because he's like, Bro, we need this planet and that joke you pulled two <laughs> centuries ago has messed it up. Uh yeah that was like a... I, I would love that little part because it just shows you know Essentially, they are uh, in. There, there are like little cameos and other parts of different stories, but it's so funny uh, in that book. uh, The shows that Necrons are goofballs, basically. Oh, is definitely. Yeah, truly, definitely. I gotta read that book, Steel Freak. And we'll uh, we're gonna briefly talk about their uh, powers. So I think I'll hand it back to Eli just to look to talk a little about their. Strengths and stuff like that. Although I think I might go mm-hmm. first to be fair, because I sure. want to talk about yeah, this a particular. I'm just talking about one particular unit, which is called the Magus. Funny enough, I just did a the Magnus stuff, so and Magnus is called the Magus of Prospero. So that's quite interesting. um So a sealer Magus is essentially a sealer hybrid psyker This is the one that is. I think you see a lot of, like art. There's a lot of art for this one. It can be like a man, like a man or a woman uh, on the face of it. Again, bald, uh, <laughs> the hairline gone, um, and they are kind of uh, they're often the face of the cults. So these would be the people who'd be like, "Oh, that you know that kind of semi-famous person." If you're a regular imperial citizen, you'd be like, "I've heard of that person. That's the person who leads that like weird sect or something like that," and. They have, like, a special role within the cult, so, like, they're ceremonial leaders, diplomats, things like that. But they also have their own, like, psychic abilities, which allow them to be even more effective at, I guess, manipulating people. So they have manipulation within the cult, but then they can also do it on other people as well. But they also act like a beacon to what's called the call in the warp. I think we mentioned that a little bit earlier, too. And that's, like, a boost to that. A little funny part I think uh, I'm just remembering is that other maguses, they actually compete with each other in terms of like who could be the the better magus, which is quite funny. They're not like working together, essentially. They're a little bit like Trezin and uh, Orokin in a way because they're very much... uh, I wouldn't say they're not independent thing. They're not not independent thought. Is that the way I say it? But, um, But they're very much a... Uh, highly motivated agent of the cult, and they are deadly. They are pretty. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to face one in battle, pretty much. And uh, I think I'll hand it back to Eli. To talk about some of the other uh, special mm. members of this beautiful Star Children uh, yes. race.
0: I should say, uh, Mommy Magus wears literally wears high heels.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I did all that. You ruined
0: it. Oh my lord. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I'll talk about some cool units that the Gene Stealer Called has. Um, Also correlates to how freaking expensive they are on the tabletop. But, because there's a lot of unique units, unfortunately, depending on where you live, characters can be pretty expensive. Anywho, the blessings of the four-armed emperor are many. And there are a large amount of unique forms which emerge from the breeding cycles usually around the 3rd and 4th generation, especially when the star children come near. They can kind of, the disturbance and the warp and all the turbulence will make these wacky genomes start to sprout sprout forth from the brood. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, everyone's favorite basically is the Kellermorph, which let's go into a little more detail. They are a three-armed, gunslinging hero. Uh, They hail from the third generation of the local cult, and they are genetically designed, they're specifically designed to symbolize the glorious freedom-fighting cause of the Star Children. They wield three Liberator auto-stubs and can fire them off, Like, unlimitedly, basically, they get to fire twice on the tabletop, it's fun. They're a one-man army, with guns blazing away, and they weave through enemy lines with their enhanced reflexes and strengths. They're specifically made to exploit the human psyche, or I suppose whatever race of psyche they are going to be around. But, as I kind of said earlier, they bring hope to the oppressed and adventure to the criminal, and something in the human brain just kind of, like, sparks when they see the Keller morph. They are blessed with heightened senses, speed, and strengths. And at times, before the times, shortly before ascension, they are like they're literally just a folk hero, um, being a hero to the people, a defender to the weak, and a savior to the downtrodden. No governor or overseer is safe from these stealthy, skilled assassins. And the Kelormorph plays a key role in slaying the oppressors and figureheads of the world. And when the Day of Ascension comes, they stand with the armies being a great inspiration to the masses as they cut down swaths of enemies with a hail of bullets. They can even be equipped with ammunition called Wormtooth Rounds that can destroy heavily armored vehicles. Cool
1: stuff. I get this is your favorite, I feel. <laughs> this might be your favorite.
0: Pro- I think it's probably my It's like everyone's favorite. Um... I don't know what my favorite is it's kind of hard to choose there's so many I do like the Cal- keller morph I like the sanctus a lot as well um I like the Jackal o because he rides a motorcycle and looks cool but <laughs> um I don't, there's so many cool ones the the nexus is really cool who well, I'll talk about next he's literally the big brain of the cult his head is gigantic
1: Literally. <laughs> that's oh, that's mind. the model where it's like their brain is swelling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, hey. hey. Yeah, sorry, they sorry. It's so, so
1: lightning
4: <laughs> <beams>.
0: <laughs> They are blessed with beautiful, incredible uh, intelligence and a knack for strategy and pure memorization. They, if you, if you have a photographic memory, take that and times it by literally a million. And it's these guys. Uh, their specific blessing... And genome allows them to absorb thoughts uh, and images from individuals simply by touching them, if I remember correctly. And um, these thoughts are then stored and. Uh, I forgot. I don't know the word. It starts with a C. Whatever. They're stored. Categorized? Something like that. It starts with a C and then an O, I think. But what's what's C- the, the name of the unit the again? Compartmented. There the you go. What's okay, the so name of it? Compartmented. They're folder.
1: Nexus. N E X O S. Nexus. Oh, because I thought we could break cows. We could probably counter that with like we throw a colon at it and be like read his mind and see what yeah. he has seen. You could.
3: You, that's the thing. It must be distracting. You like all of a sudden you just brush someone's shoulder by accident. And you walk in yeah, yeah, and see yeah, everything yeah. they think about. You go, oh, yeah. oh, bleh, bleach, bleach, bleach. More of yeah. a curse.
2: You, you you brush past someone's mind and in the course of three seconds the entire B movie is
4: filtered into your brain.
0: Oh my gosh! It, it does. It does. Originally, it does sound like a curse at first because like. How could anyone have that much information in their
1: mind and not just go crazy? But why have I uh, now got that that video in my head where like someone's like watching B movie? Like I think that woman's gonna f that B. Like
4: <laughs> 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 sorry, right, sorry, right.
0: sorry. Okay, so they they are genetically made for this though, so it's like second nature to them. They don't mind. They're not actually in pain or anything. They just look wacky.
3: They're big uh, fans of the B movie. It's fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're. Their main task and job for Ascension Day is to create a replica map down to every single tiny meticulous detail um, of the entire area where they'll be ascending. So sometimes literally the entire planet. They make these really wacky cool uh, 3D modeled planets. And the model for like Warhammer actually is really neat. They, they're over this little map thing from... Uh, yeah, anyways. Um... Uh, They do this to the tiniest detail. And so incredible are they that usually the cult itself knows more about the environment and the place and the planet they're going up to fight on than the actual, like, planetary guard and military knows about it. People who have lived there forever, potentially. That's the Nexus. He's cool. On the tabletop, he gives you free command points and stuff and gives out tokens and whatever. Uh, The Sanctus which is the last one I'll talk about in length, because there's, like, literally ten. <laughs> but Sanctus is the main assassin of the cult. They're masters of stealth, obviously. But unlike most of the cults, they're very reclusive, and they don't talk and mingle with the congregation like most people would. And they generally only hang around the patriarch. Very privileged, indeed. Uh, they wield an atrophic blade, which is distilled, uh... We're using the genesis pool of the cult which has all the f- fallen brothers and broodkin and the psychic might of all of these individuals pooled together in this goop and then that's used to make this blade which is also i th- probably used from uh the patriarch's throne
1: the could one Rhymus has a could one mm-hmm. call it, like, a poop knife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Couldn't help Yeah, himself. the, the saint just has Ooh. the poop knife.
1: This is the closest I'm ever gonna get. <laughs> Come on, boys, <laughs> let me have it. Three-armed po- poop... Oh, gosh.
2: Leg. Three-armed <laughs> poop knife, Let's just let's get them all out of the way right <laughs> oh,
1: now. Oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, is... yeah, there you go. Uh. <laughs> 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 Next oh.
3: Next Oh,
4: yeah. my Lord.
0: <laughs> so, the poop knife, when it touches somebody, their he- like heads explode basically, and their brains are reduced to slag as they're uh, <laughs> as they're filled with the psychic shock oh, yes. and screams.
2: <laughs> the, the knife cheaper. inserts the entire B movie into their brain at once.
0: Literally, literally. <laughs> the B
1: movie poop knife. What wow, this?
0: it's just cursed. Yeah. What's the
4: deal? How yeah. about? Poop- oh my god!
0: <laughs>
4: oh, you like uh, ass?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they also carry sniper rifles, which usually fire, like, toxic poisonous darts that are designed by the cults biophages. The biophagus is like their doctor, kind of, and scientist. Um, they're effectively, they're especially effective against psychers. Uh, if certain toxin will overload their brains and allow the psychic fortress that is the angels and the star children to just have full consumption of them... And as they're overloaded with this insane psychic might, their heads also explode. There's a lot of exploding heads going on, I guess. Huh. But yeah, well, they, they're pretty they're pretty good. <laughs> they usually running around with them is a little familiar. That the patriarch is like handmade, <laughs> and the patriarch can see you through the familiar, and give extra orders to that. The patriarch will also psychically stamp an individual. Well, that's not the right way to describe it, I guess. Uh, and each individual has their own psychic scent. And the Patriarch will give this to the next... Sorry, the Sanctus. And so, like, they basically can't hide no matter where they go because it has their scent picked up on their trail. They wear these fancy three-eyed goggles as well that they usually make or steal that sees and whatever, every vision. You know, they never miss that type of thing. On the tabletop, they actually literally never miss their attacks automatically hit. Pretty neat. Oh, that's though. pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Um... Yeah, some honorable mentions, which are basically just all the other ones, are the Primus, who's a strong-backed military leader, the biophagus who's the genius scientist doctor type, the Aberrants and Aberration. The aberrants are basically purple three-armed Ogrins with big hammers, and the Aberration is slightly smarter. The Aberration model you might have seen, they have like two heads, and they're splitting off from each other. It's pretty wacky. Um... The ClamVis is a propaganda slash truth machine who can upload basically like this wacky scream thing to all the Vox networks and make people's ears bleed and brains melt and stuff. The Reductus Saboteur... The Alex Jones of uh, the... (laughs) the (laughs) Turning
1: the freaking frogs into... (laughs) Purple Alex
0: Jones would be funny. Um, The Reductus Saboteur is a cool one. They're... A genetically designed domestic terrorist. That's fun. They're that's a hell of a cyclists. sentence. It's <laughs> a quote right there. <laughs> They're the demo man, but with three arms and also purple. They are masters at making bombs and blowing things up, and that's it basically. <laughs> they can like squeeze through pipes and stuff though to get to the pristine location to blow it up. And they make the cult's explosives which kind of moves us into the technology section after I say this one last one, which is the Jackal Elphis, who is a bike ganger, sniper guy. Um, Moving on to the technology of the cult, what they use to fight with, which is also a reason why they're fighting with a disadvantage. They have to be very, very meticulous in their planning and have the perfect strategy. Because most of what the cult fights with are just repurposed civilian vehicles, and handmade weapons. Something like the Hive Cult is going to be better equipped, obviously, and take their Lehman Russes and Basilisks and all the hijacked stuff if they get. And other cults might be lucky and have enough like, sleeper agent types in the Astra Militar, but usually it's just salvage technology, stuff they put together, like but literally buzz saws and mining equipment. Which sounds funny at first, but when you think about it, in the 41st millennium, Mining equipment is pretty efficient, and it's pretty dang good at cutting through the hardest materials that the galaxy has to offer.
2: until uh, so the like... nine foot tall mutant hits yeah. you in the brain with it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: literally. So um... these these buzz saw looking things can uh, and power tools can like slice through power armor, and they they definitely get the job done.
4: <laughs> Before
2: uh, we go too on too far from the like the tabletop stuff. Could I say two mm. things about it really quick? Of course. Mm. Uh, one would be, I, uh, well, I haven't looked too in depth on them yet. The Gene Stealer combat patrol box is actually one of the better ones for what you oh, get. Yeah.
0: It's everything, uh, it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I so see the only thing I could, that looks a bit redundant might be the Magus. Everything else you can more than certainly get use multiple copies of. Oh yeah. So for repeat buys, it's definitely one of the better boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing was I absolutely love that the aberrant uh, the yeah the aberrants hit <laughs> do more damage than the custodies. Yeah. one of them is just wielding a, <laughs> yeah. One of them is, is yield like he's just wielding a yield sign. You're up out of the <laughs> ground. So on the one hand you have <laughs> a perfectly crafted demigod of war, crafted to be God's personal bodyguard. And in the other corner you have Steve from mining <laughs> with the stuff that he ripped out of the ground, and oh, Steve man.
0: hits harder. Oh, I yeah. always yeah. Oh man, the <laughs> <laughs> they're they lots of fun. The I guess like, we could talk about the aberrants for a second. The aberrants aren't born as aberrants. They their origins are kind of debated, actually, by imperial scholars. Um, sometimes some might think that they just emerge. Because the angels are close, uh, sometimes it's a biophage just tinkering with genetics. But basically, certain individuals of the cult will undergo this like, this huge, very painful transformation over the span of like a week or so, and they'll end up these gigantic, yeah, like Colin said, gigantic nine feet tall, purple beasts who are capable of tearing men into like paper. Um, they're, they're basically augrins though, they can be entertained by a children's toy, uh, and just... they're just nice. <laughs> but when the Day of Ascension comes, and it's time to fight, they are not to be reckoned with, for sure. They're usually, a lot of times they're led by the Biophagius, who helps in their ascension. Um, back to the technology. It's not a lot more to say, like, it is really just basic stuff, usually. Uh, There's just enough of them to make it work. They have, like, handmade or homemade flamers, like little pistol flamers. Um, The most famous of their vehicles, probably, is the widespread, generally used mining vehicle, which is the Goliath STC design. There's the Goliath truck, which they use as a transport, and then there's the Goliath rock grinder, which is made to grind... Like I said, the galaxy's hardest materials down to dust. So it's very good for running into people and buzzsawing them into little mushy bits. (laughs) The kit for the game is a freaking pain. It's literally a hundred pieces and it's not even bigger than a chimera. Oh, my lord. But yeah. (laughs) woe, Woe to you who buys the gene stealer cults kits. They are quite the pain to build, but they're cool and fun. If you're good at building it, it's pretty fun. But yeah, they're the perfect meat grinder. They were designed for extreme terrain and uh, hazardous places, so they're pretty tough. Don't you don't have to worry if they're only going eighty kilometers an hour at most, maybe like sixty. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they they still hit hard enough and can run through vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. So lastly, right before we get to the day of ascension, I can touch a tiny bit on how they worship. Uh, it's also not overly complicated. It's just a, it's a congregation of people. They're a very tight-knit community. They help those in need in the community and pick them up. You know, they laugh when others laugh. They cry when others cry. That's from the Bible. Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you just quote the they, Bible on a Jesus podcast? I paraphrased. Podcast? I very much paraphrased. I don't know if an, that's a law crime or, a, or something. What, a what's a crime? Bible crime?
0: <laughs> uh, oh. But yeah, they're a very, very tight-knit community, and they're led by the magus in their worship usually. The angels sing to the Magus, and she can hear them. As they get closer, she can really hear them. So they all sing hymns to the four-armed emperor and have their own ways of worship. And, yeah, it's it's a grand old time in the underways of Gene Steeler cults. Nice little cozy community going to Sunday church. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, committing untold amounts of heresy.
0: That's one, that's one, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> so they have the day of ascension which is the grand finale what the cult's been waiting for what they've been promised for generation after generation and it's finally here they will finally be freed from oppression and taken into the embrace of the star children in a holy union and depending on how you look at this that is true it is actually it is it is true I have a quote here that someone can read. Who wants to read a quote? Oh,
1: uh, give who, a, who's filling up for I that I haven't one posted
0: there. it yet. I, uh,
2: I'll, I'll, read a, I'll read a quote, if it's I, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I legally put it in the <laughs> regular chat. Instead oh, of the fancy chat. But. <laughs> Told her
2: hoarsely. Alright, I'll have to... I gotta get my voice nice and hoarse for this.
0: <laughs> it's a tech adeptive <clears> thing.
2: <throat> gotcha. Uh, unfortunately, I can't speak like a speaking <laughs> spell. Zero,
0: zero, one, zero. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, you're making, I'll do my best. You're making a mistake, he told her hoarsely. The things you want to call out to, they will consume you. They're not angels, they're monsters. Her face was beatifically calm when she answered him. What makes you think, she said, that they are two different things? Yeah,
0: she then proceeds to put the pistols of the tech adept's head and blow his brains out. It is awesome. Oh, that's major spoilers to the Day of Ascension. Uh, yeah. I guess you should have been expecting that, though, if you're watching this. The Day of Ascension is an awesome
2: book. You should read it. What? Can we? Can we say the fun word yet? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they yeah. come.
0: They <laughs> come. They star Children, the gods, they finally, they have finally arrived, and it is the Tyranids, the great, Woo! vast, monstrous. All-consuming species the from worst. beyond our galaxy. The four
2: fetishists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I should have gotten a second quote, though. The Sekiri, no, not Sekiri, what's her name? I don't know, the main character of this. She is not allowed to be part of Ascension, sadly. She has to go on and spread the truth amongst the stars. So she leaves the planet as Ascension Day is coming, and she sees the Tyranid biofleet. Um, emerge above the planet and send spores down to the planet to reclaim their children. And to her, it is just as she imagined. All the spines and teeth and tendrils. It's beautiful to her. And it's quite glorious. So not everyone... It's not bad for everyone. The um, basically, the the Tyranids <laughs> come, and conveniently, the planet's military has been killed and destroyed. And now all this biomass is free for the taking. So the cults and the planet and everyone with it is consumed by the Tyranids in glorious union with the star children. Hooray. This isn't to say, though, this isn't to say that cults always die when the Tyranids come. Usually... The very general case is <laughs> they that would, they, they would mean, always
3: know if they didn't have other options. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nine out of uh, ten but, times. Yes. But one out of ten times they aren't well, I don't even know if one out of ten is the right, probably like
4: one out of zero point three, 0.1 out of ten. Out of ten
0: yeah. There have been reports though of ships and other and cultists like leaving the planet with the tyrannies. Which mm. is crazy. Um sometimes the cults will join the Imperial defenders and believe that they've made a mistake and help fight off the Tyranids. Usually, though, they'll just fight with the Tyranids to destroy the Imperials or whatever world they're on. Is that if the
1: Patriarch then, is killed? Because the signals I don't know. I'm not, probably. It probably helps. <laughs> but I know all of the uh, Angels of Death series.
3: And then, yeah, they
1: they do not look
3: happy. and <laughs> They're like, oh, no. No. And you run away. And you're like, yeah, go and run back to your <laughs> I was, was going to
1: ask that I think sometimes... Doesn't because obviously the tyrant hive mind is sending out a signal the entire time, mm. just being like you know, obviously that's what's kind of the the patriarch is boosting that signal for the cult. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it just goes, oh, I don't need to blast the uh, signal anymore, as like it's mm. devouring, and then they go, oh no, like that's when they actually some of them yeah. realize like what's happened.
0: Yes, yeah. Sometimes the cult believes that they've made a mistake. Sometimes they don't. In the they end what
3: they deserve.
0: In the end they do truly become unified with the Tyranids, <laughs> with the star children. They are biomass that is then used by the Tyranid fleet to create other organisms and return They're to their pilgrimage to amongst the stars. And they yeah. are freed from the shackles of slavery and oppression and all the pain is taken
3: away. That's one way of putting it, I suppose. Wow, that was yeah. a, that was a <laughs> lot of propaganda,
1: <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> I, have to say. <laughs> I have to say. Thank you, thank propaganda. you Eli propaganda
2: is based the faction you like the most is always in the right
0: that's right
2: that's freaking mm. right <laughs> just kind of true the, the best factions are the one i like yep
4: yep
1: thank you thank you oh sorry no, you're, 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 you can keep going i was gonna say is uh, awesome that's thank you so much eli that was uh, i think we we got we are the experts on this now we can actually <laughs> oh, this,
4: this is the that's first like, time I basically I've been,
1: everything I actually I'm feel gonna, like an expert now.
2: I'm gonna go rob a Levi's store
4: now. <laughs> 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 Did you? The uh, this is a <laughs> joke. Did you guys the have wrinkles. any uh,
1: any questions yeah. or comments? Do you have like a particular favorite, maybe unit, a favorite cult, or a favorite um, type of genius sealer? You know, the arm- center Armstrong, Austin Power, Patrick, I, <laughs> 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 I, uh, Modern one two lobby, Elon Musk simp. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really
2: like the idea of. Like, like there was the, what was its name again? The one that started worshiping Nurgle. It started oh, with a T. I know. T- cult Tenebris. Cult Tenebris. I like the idea of that happening with other like deities. And I, don't know, I like I, this really funny image in my mind. I have of them accidentally going full circle, and a Gene Sealer cult starts worshiping the actual Emperor like <laughs> on accident. Like be yeah. like I don't know how this the two, happened. The two
1: armed Emperor. How holy <laughs> <Yeah>. is he? <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Like accidentally, it's just like. It's some inquisitor goes like, "I feel like I should do something about this, but I'm not going to." Or,
3: yeah. or an inquisitor finds a way to like mess with their like signal and turns mm-hmm. them against him and Goes right, mm-hmm. use our emperors. Yeah,
2: that'll work. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> the two leg, two arm emperor.
3: <laughs>
0: Does or... the um, idea of what they actually are is that clear enough? Do you think we might have to do a Tyranid's beginner to expert one of these days for all those newbies to? really understand what the tyranids i think yeah are. Oh, i feel like i've
1: got course. a really good grasp because it's but, they, they're quite uh like a unique flavor i think in warhammer as well because mm-hmm. they are a bit uh ma- I, they're, they're not like orcs where orcs are a bit you know they're common comet relief but like yeah they are pretty much a um again like i said before like a, it's like a different flavor it's like it's so yeah. opposite to what a uh space marine it's nice how... They're like, they're a good enemy, if you know what I mean. I, yeah, enjoy, yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. I like a lot of how people... It's...
0: Go ahead, Mr. Oh. Colin.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just... I like how they're... Like, obviously, Gene sealers as a whole are a pretty big-scale threat, mm. but, like, individual Gene Sealer cults, they're really only a problem for the planet they're on. And I like yeah. that it's smaller scale than Abaddon rocking up to blow up a star system for the tenth <laughs> yeah. time.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess it should also be said that, like, sometimes the Tyranids don't even show up. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> sometimes they the Day of Ascension happens and they win, and then they
3: just <laughs> go to... Like, <laughs> just, like, what do we do now? <laughs> it's just like a deadbeat dad. It's like,
4: this is like my game.
1: This is uh, like, you so... know when Black Friday, like, and then started out and it was a big thing <laughs> and that now black friday and like you know the people the videos like people opening stores like, and like no one's rushing in because they already know yeah. that they've already hiked up the price <laughs> <Yeah>. before <laughs> remember just amazon or cyber monday buying yeah I
2: this, the, other, you, oh,
0: the uh the cults like the, you know a lot of people don't like the faction because they think oh like all my cool characters just die in the end I mean, like, yeah, but like, they do. So does everyone. Everyone Spice. dies eventually, right? Like, yeah. these aren't immortal beings like the Eldar or Space Marines. And the Tau characters only live because they get put to sleep uh, yeah. every time they come out. And, like, that's not going to Or stop spi- Spice spicy Dynamics. poop knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so nice, take life. Knife. Uh, Also, guys like the Sons of Jormungunder, they don't even live on planets, they live in space. Uh, a lot of cults will spread to the stars in general. Like I said, from the Day of Ascension, the girl leaves uh, with the Skatari Alpha to go spread to other places. So it's not always the end for everyone in the cult.
2: I but think yeah. it it helps them like, with the tabletop aspects of Warhammer. Because mm-hmm. like, with, like with the immortality thing, like, you know, Rabute Gilament, like the Primarchs aren't going to age to death. Yeah. But in the context of a war game there's nothing stopping him from a, some random Tau railgunner tabling him yeah, turn maybe. one of a mat, And then narratively, that would be the fate of the Primarch of the Imperium.
4: Uh. Some some
2: guy in a railgun a t- hundred feet away blew his head off. Versus, you know, with the uh. Gene Steelers, it lends to them being a war game faction in a way, because yeah their end result is they join the Star Gods, they get eaten by Tyranids, but yep. well, it makes them more war
1: game in a way
4: yeah
1: I have to say uh, thank you so much Eli because you did a, a lot of research there we appreciate yeah. that a lot that was uh, we, we are experts 100% I feel like at the end of the uh, if, if you were listening uh, along with us uh, enjoying this please uh, like uh, subscribe uh it helps uh, help us please <laughs> it's like a bacon, <laughs> isn't it uh helps support the cult of the two armed emperor <laughs> so they can't, uh, he has two arms and three legs we
0: yeah, but... <laughs> eight arms we do have eight arms in total you know, you know that's a multiple of 4 we uh, okay. <laughs> We're the eight we're the eight armed emperor
1: eight armed emperor and um uh tune in next time for our next episode we'll be doing Returning a little bit to Horace, Harrisley, Horace, Harrisley? Horace Heresy uh, era slash uh, 30k. We'll be talking about mm-hmm. the the Giga Chads themselves, the Primarchs. Um, a yeah. little dabble into like all of them. of them. He likes robot girly man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, don't forget to, if you made it this far, uh, thank you, uh, firstly. And also uh, the question we did at the beginning, where what's your hot take on your least favorite Primark. Hashtag hot take uh, for your comment there. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening and watching.
2: Have a good one, everyone.
0: Very well. Blessings Bye. of the form and emperor yeah. upon you.
1: Horned rat. I
2: love you all. <laughs>